0: Welcome back to Friends Like Us, Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, we have another golden show featuring some really great friends. New friend to the show, old friend of mine, she is a superstar, Amy Schumer. Amy, in 2013, created, starred, wrote, and executive produced the award-winning Comedy Central show Inside Amy Schumer. In 2015, Schumer's Universal Pictures film, Trainwreck, dominated the worldwide box office as the hit summer comedy, and in 2018, she starred in the comedy, I Feel Pretty. Most recently, her comedy special, Amy Schumer Growing, was nominated for an Emmy. She premiered on a new cooking show, Amy Schumer Learns to Cook, with her husband, Chris Fisher, who is an award-winning chef on the Food Network, and check out her documentary, Expecting Amy, on HBO Max. Been a long time coming, and I am glad to finally have Amy Schumer here. Also, returning friends, Mia Jackson. Mia, she's our Georgia Peach. In 2017, Atlanta's creative Loafing named her the Critics' Choice Best Stand-Up in the City. She toured nationally with Amy Schumer. Her first stand-up special aired in October of 2018 as part of the Unprotected sets on Epics, and Jackson has appeared on Comedy Central this week at the Comedy Cellar. Her Comedy Central half-hour, debuted in november of 2019 so check her out check out her special mia jackson Abby Crutchfield is back. She has been seen on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Full Frontal with Samantha B, Comedy Central's Broad City, and she hosted You Can Do Better on True TV. Her jokes on Twitter are consistently featured on the best of lists by publications such as Pace Magazine and The Huffington Post. It's a really great episode. I love this group you're gonna love it too so share it with your friends I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us because of you we make some pretty impressive lists like Oprah Magazine rating us as a podcast that every woman should listen to we think everyone of course we are also now a part of the Be Frank Network you wonder why that sounds so good? It's because of the Be Frank Network. Like Be Frank with me? That kind of Be Frank. We're on Google Podcasts now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Our Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast, and Twitter is friendslikeustin. You can get more for friends by going to our Patreon page. For now, it's just nice to leave us a donation. Go to Patreon backslash friends like us and with friends like us it will help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way but most important tell someone you know to check us out and wash those dirty hands and wear a mask welcome to friends like us everyone to the new norm Amy, Amy is finally joining us. Hi, guys. Hey, Amy. And Mia is back. Abby is back. You What's guys. Up, Mia. Hi, Marina. Hey. Hello, everybody. Friends like us. Yes. Look at me, Amy. I'm doing it. You're doing it, babe. How you How are you doing, Amy? Now, so this is you know, it's a woman of color podcast. Once a month, we have a white. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored to be the chosen white we're so glad you're here because you know like i was telling you in text like we've been we talk about like serious stuff on this podcast we go in we talk about all the black lives matter everything that's going on and everything that i've been seeing you doing it's like you're a true true activist true advocate for everything that's going on and i appreciate you so i just was like this is a perfect time to have you on i didn't want to i know you
1: you're my friend Yes. I could have had yes. you on any time, but anytime, but this is the, the this is a good time. And thank you. I, I just want to become a better and better ally and activist. Yeah. Where are you quarantining? Martha's Vineyard. Oh nice. I know. It's um, beautiful. Yeah, even though we did um our now defunct podcast, we did a season from here last year and Keith Robinson truly hates Martha's Vineyard. I know he was. Compl- he always complains about stuff. Nothing. Why mosquitoes? He he's
0: like really picky about spaces. He's always been like, if he sees one thing, if he sees a carpet, if it is a bathtub and not a floor shower.
1: No, he well now you know he like now hates all Jews because of his trip to Israel because one person was like rude to him in his hotel lobby, and I'm like, okay, so no, no, he doesn't really hate Jews. <laughs> but he was like, I hate Israel. I hate Israel. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, but, um, it's good to see you. It's good to see you guys. I'm I'm so happy to be on here with you, Mia and Abby. Thank you. Um, I love so, connecting
2: this virtual stuff. I hear a lot of comedians complaining about it, but I don't know, I guess because I'm a homebody, it kind of works for my sedentary lifestyle.
1: Right. And also like the introvert in us. Sure. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause I like I'm- Mia's background. Is that like, um, Ransa is that like a photographer background? It's like Beyonce's dressing room. You're right. It
3: is. He um because the first time I think I did um oh, I think I might have did the seller uh live and it didn't have anything up and everybody thought I was being held hostage. And so <laughs>
0: oh, that's right. And so
3: he was like, I'll put this up so you don't have to, you know, explain that you're that you're not safe, you're safe. So that's what yeah, well, yeah. good. It's A
2: very gold glitzy <laughs> background. It suits your personality.
0: This is embarrassing. You can see I need to organize <laughs> you need my, to take my some fun. of your
1: kitchen utensils out of there. I need Chris in my life. <laughs> you do. <laughs> he freaks out all of a sudden when the kitchen is um is overwhelming and he just will start throwing things away. <laughs> I love the show, by the way, uh, on the Food Network, cooking with Amy,
0: because when he said he was cleaning out the refrigerator I was like
1: wait how you do that like (laughs) people clean out the refrigerator and then make a meal I know I know it's crazy and you make like a good meal but yeah like and he'll just do that sometimes I'm like we don't have anything and and then he just like will whip something up
2: every now and then I'll take a magic eraser to like the brown sludge that's accumulated from like soy sauce or ketchup that's that's the extent of my cleaning but it's just like
1: pretty good though I I really Like that but on Martha's Vineyard you know it was kind of weird we kind of fled here from New York and then and that was I don't know like a maybe a month before George Floyd was murdered and it felt really weird to be here and not in New York where you know like because I'm a protester and and you know like I, I like to use my voice that way and so there was this thing on the island where this woman Dana she's a I think she's in her fifties woman of color here in the Island. She decided she was out at like sort of a town square here with a black lives matter sign. And, uh, I just went out and like stood with her one day and then some other people came and she was like, I really wanted to kneel for George Floyd, but they haven't mowed. And like the bugs are really bad. and (laughs) And I was like, well, I bet we could get someone out here to mow it. Why don't we meet back here? And she was like, let's meet here. Okay. 1030 tomorrow. And so we, we met the next day and then we've met every morning since then, every, every morning at 1030 and we kneel for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And, and like a big, you know, like maybe 50 people come every morning, like every day we sort of honor a different black lives stolen by law enforcement and, um, and just like, kind of talk about different initiatives and stuff. So, I'm really grateful that that we were able to sort of like foster this community so that I don't feel so sort of out of the action of change in New York, you know.
2: Yeah, it's a great example of how it doesn't matter where you are, you can make it happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's good meditation. Right. Yeah, you you know to like just get on get on your knee and you know remind yourself every day. It's not a once a week kind of thing, you know. Now I know the babies how old now like little genie is is 15 months old
0: 15 months such a happy baby by the way
1: he is he's he's like a a good little guy we have him on a good routine it's like a real it's been a real insane luxury to get to hang out with him because i was supposed to be working and you know i wouldn't have seen him
2: 15 months was about when my daughter started walking which was a little i guess late for her but she was a preemie so she was behind on a lot of stuff how about you
1: yeah he's he is walking but i like when did she talk because i feel like girls six months oh yeah she was
2: she was saying mama and then like sentences were coming around the year mark so yeah
1: so that's what i'm finding too is like he has been walking since he's 10 months old i mean he runs he's all over but he cool hasn't said you know he says like yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's just smart. That's all. <laughs> He's conserving his energy.
1: I'm like, do you want water? He's like, yeah. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, do, At that age, do they? Does he
0: understand what's going on? Like, someone asked me to ask you that question. Like, have you talked to him about like what's going on in the country? I feel like at that age, they couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was he like, knows
1: like the word Cheerios, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, what about your daughter, Abby?
2: Uh, she's how old now? Thirty. One month, so close to three years old. So she's over two and a half. There you go. I'm still doing months and I don't even think it's it's helpful anymore (laughs) because I have to do math now when I tell people. So yeah,
1: you know, he can't understand anything, but what do you, I mean, what, what do you. Oh,
2: con- conceptually Mia, you're a mom too, right? No. Oh, I thought this was a no, parent look, podcast. The way
0: my camera has it, we're the two non-moms are on top.
2: Okay, cool, the cool. The cool. moms <laughs> are on the bottom. I don't know if it's the well, stuff, but be, she's very perceptive and I talk a ton. And so we learned early on, we have to keep the like death conversations or violence conversations about, you know, what's going on politically to a minimum, because I get really impassioned about it anyway. And she would just start yelling at us from her high chair, like, excuse me, excuse me, you know, so that we would be quiet. So, um, and then, you know, she'll ask, what does that mean? But I guess I'm most concerned since she's black and white to about introducing the concepts of how America treats races versus what your value is in general. So, trying to instill all the self-confidence and independence and autonomy. And, you know, my body is my own, all those lessons before she gets into like interacting with kids, maybe in a daycare, we don't do daycare. Cause we're both, my husband and I are comedians. And so we're working from home. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So before she socializes and has a kid be like, you ugly, I want her to be like, I'm beautiful.
1: Yeah. You're misinformed, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah,
2: no, it's not like I'm I think she needs to know this stuff. I think kid brains are, you know, just like everybody, developmentally, you can only handle so much before you get overwhelmed. So,
0: so did you like I been watching, I don't know if Mia or Abby, did you watch the documentary with Amy? Have you been able to? I have not yet. I was
3: there for some ooh, she lived it. I just
0: finished watching it this morning. Last night my internet wouldn't allow me to watch it anymore for some reason, but I well, I finished it this morning and I was just like I got a little, uh, I got a little sad. I, I started to cry. In a sad way? Well, because it, it was so beautiful. Like act the actual childbirth part was like, where I was like, this is, this is Amy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's just so like, you're like, as a non-mom looking at it, or, you know, when your friends become pregnant, I'm, Amy, you're like, you've been there where, where I'm at, where you look at your friends who become, do you feel different? like now like I got
1: up at 6 a.m today so that's <laughs> like in that way I'm forced like into a
2: different lifestyle A
1: different lifestyle like no but you know I mean what's funny actually Chelsea Peretti comedian also like she reached out to me she goes I didn't know you were so sweet or something like that you know and I was yeah. like, <laughs> and she's someone I consider a good friend and it's like we're like friends for so long we would do anything for each other you know I I mean Abby, you and I have been, like, friendly over the years, but, like, me and Marina are, like, you know, people I consider close friends, and, like, you know, you don't, there's just sides of each other, like, we don't really get to see until there's, like, a reason to see it or something, because we're at the comedy club usually, like, making jokes, and, you know, we talk about life, but... I don't know. We're usually just kind of trashing each other. So,
2: (laughs) Well, even, I mean, my experience was that it was a a new side of myself that I didn't know. And I think a lot of it was hormonal. Like right after I I had given birth, I was flooded with hormones. So everything was beautiful to me. It was kind of like being on mushrooms, I guess, (laughs) which I haven't done. But it was very, I was go with the flow with everything. I was empathizing with dictators like they were someone's son. It was strange. I had to resist tweeting about it cuz I was like people are not going to agree with
1: this. People don't want to hear this. I know, I know. Yeah. I uh I feel that too. I do feel like the um now like just looking at all the uh, you know every day we were we're out here like someone talks about a different person and it's like we've been out there for over 2 months now so it's like a different case every day and it's like it's hard to disconnect somebody who's been like murdered not thinking about it like sort of like as a mom you know being like oh my god like with how much you love your you know your kid that you're absolutely like. you guys know that you you guys are both um aunts and that's like that's that's a deep role and I know you guys are like good involved you know aunts and have nieces and nephews and like I love my son so much but I loved you know my my niece like like that was a real deep love. That was a real deep love, too. So you guys, you get it. Like, I don't think Abby and I are like in on a, a deep secret that you can't relate to. Like, I think you guys can relate to it, too.
0: Yeah. And also, I say the reason I probably didn't have kids. I mean, I at this point, I can't really because um, I've gotten to that age. And then after, you know, the diagnosis, the breast cancer, after that, the search going through like what you're going through, I think you're just finished the IBF, right? Or, it's kind of hell. They, they, I just found they didn't really want to, didn't want to help me. At a certain age, we they say like certain places after 46, they don't even talk to women who want to have children. It's, all the headlines are like, Holly Berry did it at 50. Right. <laughs> but they don't tell the story. That's why I appreciate your documentary so much, because mm-hmm. you said this, that you were angry at the fact that this isn't really open and out there. Yeah.
1: Women keep a lot of secrets about the process
2: there's still stigmas there's-
1: like what i learned more than anything was how fucked up it is for women of color like that's that is the truth what i learned about you know just in the medical in a medical environment anyway but like they don't listen to women but women of color like are you guys have heard me say this but in new york 12 times more likely to die during childbirth than a white woman but for no reason like for preventable reasons and um that was like my my biggest takeaway was how sick i was and then i had resources and i could get ivs and and i was i'm treated a certain way because i'm in the public eye and because i'm a white woman and whatever and it was like like that was the most soul crushing information that i you know found out during my pregnancy and, and don't you know, forget,
2: you're charming. I mean, there's so many boring people who give birth. I can charm the pants off. <laughs> they
1: can't get anyone's attention. I can pry an opioid out of any hand. No, <laughs> um, but I was also, you know, there was a not to plug a different podcast, but the the New York Times podcast, The Daily, had had one this weekend. It was about it was about women finding a place for their anger, and you know that we're like as women, we're just taught like not to be angry, and then I know as as women of color, it's like so much more than that it's like you know the
2: higher pain threshold is fascinating to me because uh, in, on the one hand the, the negative side is that you get ignored by a doctor if you're trying to tell them you're in pain and you need a certain pain medication which definitely happened to me but um on the other side i'll i'll see my husband experience like a stub toe or I don't know what, like a paper cut. And it's just like, the reaction is so different from my reaction. I'll have bruises on my legs from knocking like coffee tables and not even realize it until two days later. Right. Like, Ooh,
1: that looks bad. When did that happen? You don't even like express that pain when it happens. Right. Yeah. You just learn to, yeah. Not make a big deal about it. Keep it in, turn it into something. Mm-hmm.
0: Because that's such a good point because you bring up the, is it called a disease what you had when you were pregnant? Is it a disease or is yeah, it a, yeah. what is it called? It's called
3: hyperemesis. No, yeah, one of my friends had it, and she had it through all three of her pregnancies. And and it was it was only when you like when she read one of your articles where you talked about it, that's when she was like, Oh, did I tell you that's what I had? And I was like, No, like you never mentioned that. <laughs> and she was like, and she told me that she straight up, she said, from like Beginning to end, just and I was like, How'd you never bring it up? She was like, Well, when you're projectile vomiting every day, you kind of don't think to
1: be like Mia, by the way.
3: Yeah, like, yeah. And she just said, Nobody talks
1: about it. Yeah, you're supposed to minimize it. And you know, hyperemesis is when you have like extreme nausea and vomiting, like beyond um what's like sort of normal. And because um, I think a lot of women get have nausea and vomiting their first trimester or maybe even a little into the second, but sometimes
2: due to the influx of hormones. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but then there's, you know, there's a condition hyperemesis and, um, between one and 2% of women get it when they're pregnant. And, uh, yeah, one in three babies don't make it because, you know, you can't keep, you can't nourish the baby. So I was able to get IVs and, medication i mean the medication didn't work for me but but yeah i had it through i mean i was throwing up during my c-section which is not in the documentary wow (laughs) oh wow oh god oh it was with you
2: nine whole months
1: nine i was gonna
0: ask you that what what you didn't show and the fact that because i remember the c-section i i've never seen that much of you amy <laughs> you know, I feel like I've—I was in the room. Yeah, we don't cut away in the documentary.
2: Oh, so you see the in the interior?
0: Ooh, <laughs> yes, we're literally inside
1: of Amy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you, you just see like Gene come out of the curtain, but you—I mean—you see him get kind of pulled out of me. Yeah. So oh. yes, so.
2: and me is getting <laughs> <laughs> getting weak.
0: So
1: the fact that you were
0: also you were throwing up at that time. It's like, I see blood. I can't even imagine. And then it was like three hours long, right?
1: Yeah. A C-section is supposed to be pretty quick, but I have um, endometriosis. So I was like kind of a wreck down there. And yeah, but then like the second the baby's out, it's gone. So it was so incredible to just have the nausea lifted it was like he was I got a baby and I felt like they were like how does your c-section hurt I was like I don't care like I don't I can't even think about that
0: I'm so happy I'm not throwing up mm-hmm. so my friend had five children she had the same condition with three of them and she wrote me this morning because I said are there any questions you want me to ask and she was like is she going to have another tell her that she can still do it again and it Will lessen. Please tell your
1: friend. I said, "Fuck you." (laughs) (laughs) I said, I can't wait for the reaction. The statistics are like, you know, like almost ninety percent that you're going to have it again. So she three out of five. Like that's a big gamble. I'm never going to be pregnant again.
0: Yeah. Well, then I yeah. told her, I said, "I don't I, I'll ask Amy that question, but I already know the answer is she's not going to do this again. She doesn't want to put herself through it. I, I asked her, what made you feel you could put yourself through it again? I guess the medication that you said didn't work for you worked for her,
1: oh yeah. there's so many there's Declagis and Fenegagan and Zofran and Zofran and all these things. No, yeah, and so, and it really works for some people. it It, it didn't work for me it was
2: everybody is different
1: we lived it yeah i mean it was
3: listen i i I mean it was it was like i felt so bad you know like there were but you were just i mean it was amazing through just the whole thing because like guys look i'm like now i'm being dramatic but no but like there were shows where she would be on stage with like a trash can just and then
1: she would do a whole set and I'm like we were on the road like it was. yeah and then I felt bad too because it would have been like we would have had fun on the road but like we couldn't go get like dinner or like do anything like you know community I mean we did like have a little bit of fun but not you know well why
2: was it important to you to keep working even though you felt so yucky
1: you know just like wanting to get this hour out so it was done you know like those jokes where you're like, if I say this one more time, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> and, but also when I like booked all the dates on the road and when I, you know, signed on to do a special, I thought I was going to feel better. Mm-hmm. And then it was, so it was like, if I wasn't in the hospital, I would go and do it. But where were we? Me, remember we were in Atlanta? Yeah. And like, so I went to the hospital in Atlanta, like I was dying. And and then you know we had a bunch of dates after that we were supposed to do, and I had to cancel those. So there was like a lot of canceling stuff. But.
3: No, but you were you were amazing though. I mean, I was like I said, I was just like that is some strength. I mean, yeah. And then when you did the special, you just like I just remember the first night of the tape. I'm, like, you killed that shit. Like it was. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I was like, this is. I mean, I can't. It. I just. I had. It was. It was. It was really, really amazing. So that was
1: a really good feeling to like get that special down and, and be like I'm done now I can just be sick and pregnant
0: <laughs> okay I have an off question from pregnancy but with the friendship podcast we talk about friends like
1: us yeah friends like you, us
0: I have to ask you how different it must be to have celebrity friends like going on with Oprah and talking to Oprah like I'd be so nervous all the time yeah <laughs> something's
1: wrong with me that I'm not missing, but- <laughs> But, you know, I think it's because I don't really have, you know, it's like I'm friends with Jennifer Lawrence and, um, you know, in terms of like good friends and like, you know, she's, I mean, she's like really famous. And then, and then like, I'm, you know, just kind of friendly with other comedians and whatever. And, but then other than that, it's like, my friends are mostly a hundred percent, not, you know, they're my friends from high school. It's like people in the like sort of, you know, but I, I don't really have many famous close friends anyway. I, I
0: guess I also asked this because I, you know, after going through the breast cancer scare for me, I noticed that there are people who earned wings that came through like you. I mean, like you've always been like one of those. You just responded so quickly. And I thank you for that. Um, well, I love you. Oh, thank you. It really it's like I will never, ever, ever forget it. It was the hardest week I've ever had in my life, and you really came through. And I thank you for that. But I do wonder for you, were there friends that you lost during this time where
1: it was so difficult and friends that you that surprised you? yeah, definitely. I am um, I think just having a baby, like you happy, <laughs> I'm sure you'll agree. like you just like don't have time for like, shenanigans so it makes you just take kind of an inventory and go like who's in my life that like just takes or makes it about them or Mm. unhealthy and I don't want to witness it anymore you know it's a
2: good opportunity for boundaries for sure yeah and you've reprioritized
1: you know and I, I would imagine that that having a scare like that you also go like yeah like you weren't able to be there for me in a way that was meaningful and so you kind of you know you you take that knowledge around with it. I mean, I would say like, I probably kind of like lost three friends during it and in a good, in a good way, you know, and who surprised me was myself. <laughs> <laughs> Your best friend. Like, you know, actually when you don't have a, a baby, like everything surprised me. It's like, you really, you know, Rachel is so funny. Our friend Rachel Feinstein, because Jean's like, was like three months old and rachel's like you know like trying to do bits or whatever and it's like hey his brain is like putty right now you know what i mean?
0: <laughs> now she is a baby and i'm like oh, it's fun to watch
1: yeah we were at robert kelly's house for a picnic
0: and you know i say i've i raised my sis- sisters my younger ones i used to change diapers and i had to feed them so i'm watching rachel feed and uh, you know no judgments but i I can't help it. It's just, I, I'm watching. I've never seen Rachel feed you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then Keith is the worst. Cause he's making so much fun. He's like, you're ruining that baby's life. He says the <laughs> worst things that people normally. He's, a horrible yeah, he's like, Rachel's a bad mom. And I was like, she doesn't need to hear that right he now. He
1: exactly what she knows, what he knows she's afraid he's going to say. That's what he does. <laughs> he's such a mean spirited person. <laughs> <laughs> but she's so
0: cute with it and i so i was so i i got to tell you through the corona and all of this i was so nervous i had all of the anxiety and you you
1: helped her with that too oh my god How, can you imagine like i cannot i can't imagine like everything that she went through i mean she must have really surprised herself too having a baby during all this with her husband being a firefighter like yeah that is some wild stuff So Um, is there anything that you
0: had to turn down because you were going through all of this that you just said no to, like, during the pregnancy, even after that? You're just like, I just can't do these type
1: of projects anymore. Just sex with my husband. (laughs)
3: Um, (laughs) The
1: hardest work of all.
3: I love it. (laughs)
1: I saw his face when you talked to it. You have to turn that project down. (laughs) Not this time. We're going to need to reassess in October. He didn't have the budget. His
0: face, during the documentary, when they talked about your vagina possibly ripping or tearing, his face was, I'm so glad they zoomed in on his expression.
1: (laughs) We were both kind of like, hmm, hmm. I mean, right when she was talking then is when I started being like a c-section sounds really cool to me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, no, that's sad, right? No, nothing. I mean, but like when stuff comes up, i'm I'm, you know, just doing like really as little as possible. <laughs> like the food network was like, will you film this show?' from the kitchen like in your house while your baby's napping and we were like okay I, I mean if you don't say yes to that then like what do you want do you want to be like in bed and someone's feeding you <laughs> <laughs> you know like at what point is it like can
0: you tell me what exactly the hell is fennel Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I loved it every single moment of that I've always seen it in the stores it scares me I don't understand what
1: it is. He loves fennel, he loves celery root, and it's just so annoying. It's like a root vegetable. I don't know. But Chris is obsessed with celery root and fennel.
2: <laughs> fennel fronds I have cut off and put in. What do I sprinkle those on? You can sprinkle them on soups or a salad. It adds like an herbaceous quality. But the, the root itself, I've I've roasted it. It's like licorice. So I don't like the blend of sweetness plus vegetables. It's just very I strange you.
1: I don't like that either. I don't like fruit in my salad or anything. <laughs> it's wrong. It's hard. It's hard. To, I mean, how long have you guys been married, Abby?
2: Oh. Over 10 years. I think we did our 11th anniversary
1: this year. Oh, my God. How do you do it? And you guys, like, I mean, like, it is so hard. Like, it's so hard to have a relationship and to be married and then you have a baby. I was
2: going to say this at the top when you were talking about your experience with your child. It's like every single person's different, right? When you were saying, like, but aunts have a deep love, too, and moms have. It's like there are moms who feel like they made a mistake when it has, when it comes to kids. So it's like every single person is different. And I feel that's why I don't like to offer advice on parenting or marriage or life as a comedian. It's just kind of like, I can tell you my experience, right? Yeah. I can, I can share my experience, but I can't ever make a guidebook. I'll never try. If I do, it'll be full of contradictions. Like every single page will be like, and then don't do that either.
1: My trust is by that economist, um, this economist, Emily Oster, who, I mean, she does it all by like scientific studies, you know, and (laughs) okay, that's good. Yeah, statistically, this is likely to happen. You know, I really like felt like so many people gave advice and it was so like annoying to me, you know, and like unsolicited advice that I was like, I'm never doing this. I'm never doing this. And then when Rachel was like talking about what she, her plan with like breastfeeding versus not or whatever, mm-hmm. I couldn't help myself like opening my dumb yap. <laughs> I was like, well, it's good for the baby to get co from. And I'm like, shut up, Amy, like shut the fuck Up, like, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, did you breastfeed? I can't remember if I, bre- I breastfed for a month, and I was like, not for me, <laughs> not for this gal. No, I've raised Gene on formula. I am that
2: topic in itself is like a snowflake. I don't know anybody who had I'm the a same formula, baby. experience. I think I was formula after five months because my mom said she had to go back to work, and my own child was technically bottle and breast until nine months, but truly I was on such a low supply. I was squeezing out a drop oh. per day and calling it breastfeeding. So it's like I pumping didn't work for me. She would nurse just like a pacify. It was like an empty passy for her. And, and I, I got the bonding out of it, but honestly, like, Oh, I could not read those blogs about like my freezer is full of eight pounds of milk. I was like, it just
1: like leads to so many different feelings, for, you know, and it's crazy. It's a crazy topic. It is. It's, it's really crazy. And like, you know, so that's why I also wanted to show in the doc, like Gene wouldn't, he wouldn't latch. And, um and like that even felt a little embarrassing, even though some people are like, oh, you know, everyone's like, whatever, whatever, like, don't put any pressure on yourself. But when you're in the moment, you do feel that pressure and he wouldn't latch. And I wanted to, sh- so I showed that and, you know, I've, I've been like kind of vocal that I was like, peace out on breastfeeding because I just feel like women put so much pressure on themselves, and I was like, I'm not going to do that to myself. Like I promised. And Same here. Yeah. Have
0: you opened yourself up? And this is for both of you to like mommy trolls. Like I know Amy, I know you get trolled by people <laughs> that are crazy. Like, do you get mommies coming at you like you're doing it wrong? Like you were saying, like
1: why are you working? I said I don't read comments. Like I oh seriously-
2: no, no no they're not coming out of the woodwork like that for me. But I was gonna say is this this is a phenomenon? I feel like for most people is uh, a random stranger will look at your kid and tell you that they're too hot or too cold. Mm-hmm. Your baby's too cold. Your baby needs a blanket or, Ooh, your baby's flushed. It's too hot. And it's like, and maybe it's a Brooklyn thing. Cause it, it, it was like every week there'd be somebody. And it's like, I would say thank you. And my husband would sit there and argue and be like, Oh, uh, we're the parents. So we know what we're doing and mind your own business. And like, I was just like, just say thank you. All they do is they're just kind of care about the well-being, I guess.
1: A really smart thing is to just go like, Thank you, but, you know.
2: <laughs> that one, I couldn't get over it. And I was like, I wonder, am I ever going to do that to people? they like, oh, my goodness, your child's freezing alive. You're killing your child. That's so
1: awful. I'd probably do that with, like, I mean, even when somebody says anything about our dog, I'm like, do you want me to kill you? <laughs> you know, that's
0: how I want to start the podcast. I was like, the biggest question I have for you, Amy, is how is
1: Tatiana? Oh, yeah. Tatiana. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tatiana is so... Fat right now. Is that why she's hiding? She's was <laughs> hiding, and she's so fat. She Jean like she eats her food, and then she, and then Jean loves feeding her, and so he just anytime we look away for one second, he's feeding her his food. So she's so happy because she's getting a lot of extra food.
0: <laughs> Did she get any? Was there any like with introducing a baby to your baby? Really, was it weird?
1: Or- it was. I mean, Keith made so many jokes about how much I wasn't gonna love the dog anymore, and um, and I'm like, "You're crazy! This Tati's my little baby." And then, then he was so right. And <laughs> you know, it's like Gene gets, you know. But then, luckily, he goes to bed at seven, and then so Tati gets some like attention for like you know a couple hours a night. But now she's part of it because Gene is obsessed with her. So okay, that's how, that's how you know human. That's how the the dog gets saved because the baby likes the dog. I was always curious
0: about that because I I feel like people always said that to me when I had Billy. They were like, "Oh, wait till you get a baby, you're you're not gonna look at." I was like, "That would never happen." And it does.
2: Well, they stopped being like fodder for my Instagram. I have two dogs and I just don't have the time. I never put them in costumes, but just to like find their snoring adorable. I don't do that anymore. But um, truly like with the ups and downs, the emotional roller coaster of being married and having kids, they have been great therapy dogs now. So I'll just go to them at night. And they their crate is in the bathroom, and so they have this nice cool floor. And I'll lay there with them, and they love that. They love being a pack again. They're like, "Oh, good, you're curling up with us." Like
1: you oh, used and to. that's things nice that they have each other. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tati just like chases rabbits, and <laughs> we're hoping a bird will get her. <laughs> such a cute dog.
2: She's too heavy now. Yeah, <laughs> look at me. I,
0: I'm such a reporter. Look, you know Keith makes fun of me when I ask questions. He's like, "Stop reading off your card." I do need to go in like five minutes. Okay. But I do, I want to ask you this quick question and then we'll close out with you. Um, Cause I, this is just a question for you. Cause I'm curious. Cause I, I love when people ask you the same question over and over again, what question annoys you the most? Like, I, like <laughs> one of the ones that I'm, I'm noticing you're getting a lot right now is about cancel culture and about comedians who are, you know, like currently like Brian uh Callan and all this and I know you're getting that a lot is it annoying that they keep asking you that question or are you okay with it
1: I don't I, I that's not something I feel like people are asking me a lot actually actually I'm not really talking to anyone because I, we did some press for the the doc coming out and whatever but um I saw it on the view that's I guess
0: that's why I was I was curious oh my god I studied joy when she asked that question I was just looking whenever
1: at, I'm preparing for an interview I watch joy behar yeah, no, I don't feel like people are asking me about that too much, but I just um, you know, I I believe women and survivors and I just, you know, I think so many of our first instincts is is still unfortunately to question the women and like knowing how hard it is to come forward and you know, like what it means to to speak out about being the victim of something like that. Like it's it's not fun and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it, it takes years You're like, why didn't you say anything earlier? It's like, it's not how it works, you know? So I am, uh, you know, I'm really saddened by it, but I, I just, like, I just think, like, these women are so brave, you know? I think and,
0: you are such a great advocate for these women. And, you know, I, I look at what you've done always. Like, some people may say, uh, some celebrities, they they use their Instagram or whatever but you have always been that person. I find like, since for me, like personally, since the pandemic, I've looked at my own, I've been doing a lot of self-reflecting of my own being, you know, very complicit about a lot of things. I wonder if, has anything changed for you? Who's always been involved. I know you're meditating now every morning, you know, but what other things have changed for you as you've stayed at home and there's been no distractions and you see you know black lives being murdered and women coming out yeah
1: well I think um I think everyone is such a different experience you know with sort of like waking up to the that movement and I I just still feel like I'm like waking up more every day because like truthfully I I feel like where I grew up it was like we learned about slavery and the Holocaust and we're told like that that was over and now everyone's equal and everything's cool. And I didn't really understand how like persistent racism was and how, you know, like and how bad things were and how bad things were with the police. And, and it wasn't until Um, And, you know, and I, I've been accused of being a white feminist a lot, like that, you know, that, that term. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, like I am white, I am a feminist. Like what's that? But it's because it really did have to be explained to me. Like you can't just be fighting for all women's rights. Like you need to, first, you need to help your, your sisters of color because, because there's no one that's had it worse for so long. and. And, you know, that was like explained to me, like, it, it, you know, my, my thing was like, I think it's a cool, I it's a cool and good and productive idea to like explain things to people instead of just being angry with them. Because I mean, like, whatever, everyone feel whatever you feel and have you, like any anger. yeah if you have
2: the energy go ahead and explain <laughs> if you're depleted it's okay to sit it out <laughs> what I
1: have found being the most you know every situation I'm in every opportunity I have I say you know if it's like a liquor brand that I'm thinking about buying into you know whatever I go okay how many women of color are on your board mm. um how many are employed you know like and then if I'm doing a project you know it's like well okay well it needs to be you know like, Fifty percent people of color, and you know, and this is this is probably just like the last couple years for me. Like that, I woke up to that and really take ownership. And every day I leave the house, and I'm like, okay, wallet, keys, phone. What am I gonna do to help the Black Lives Matter movement? Mm-hmm. It's like once you see the injustice and the straight up murder and the system, like you know, the white supremacist system. If you are not doing everything you can, whatever that means to you, it doesn't mean you need to, then, then I don't know what to say to you because it, you know, so anyway, that, that's sort of like where I am and I don't like try to force it on. Other people like, but you know. Well, you may have heard
2: this statement. I saw um, my cousin carried this political sign during a march once, which was kind of like if you've ever wondered what it's like to live during the civil rights movement or the Holocaust, you're living it now. Yeah, yeah. So enough of this hypothetical. What I would have done back then is, it's like, yeah, what are you doing? And I
0: like the fact that you say you just explain it to them because I've had a very difficult time lately with my anger. There are people in the comedy scene who I. I just, I have, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I've, I've tried, you know, I've, people that I, I've loved that have views that I can no longer, like, it's just this is a new me where I just, I, I, I get so angry. Yeah. Like, I can't really explain it. But I think if I focused on just having the facts with me and the knowledge, it would probably ease some of the anger.
1: Yeah. Like, the statistics are a pretty good thing to point to, but it's just so many people when they feel uncomfortable or, you know what? I think it's also people are afraid of getting it wrong. Yeah. It's like the same reason that people are like, so that trans people have such a difficult time. Like people go, well, you know, it confuses somebody and, and and it makes them angry. And it's like, so you would rather this person not get to live their life. Truthfully, uh, so that you don't feel a little uncomfortable for one second, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think you know. So and and you don't and you go, oh, what are the pronouns? Do so I say she? What what does bipoc mean? And what? And it's like, just try to keep up and ask questions. <laughs> I get it wrong, and like I get it wrong. Mm-hmm. No, I get it wrong all the time. And I, but you get back in the fight and and you know do your best and mm-hmm. you know. And that's it. Well, I guess that was
0: my big question because well, I, I, I no I know because I feel so different from who I was, even in the I, I feel like every time I walk into certain spaces that are mostly white, I have squashed down a lot of my anger over time. I didn't realize the effects of it until now, yeah, because I'm at home, and I don't have to squash down my anger. I can see it. I can actually be angry, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and that's really healthy.
2: Yeah, yeah, experiencing your feelings is how they pass. So definitely, for sure, yeah, yeah,
1: feel them. Do you remember? And do you remember the
2: cartoon He Man when it goes to his panther and his panther's like cowering, and then when the sword <laughs> alights, the it becomes this great, brave thing. That was after. That was me after May twenty fifth. Like once I just was recognizing Marina. You were saying you're recognizing all the anger you squashed. I just recognized all this fear that I was carrying from, yeah, being the only black person in my white family, or the black person in a white school or whatever it was, uh, in a community and always having to be like, oh, you're their side of the point, you know, like, well, what's the white perspective first before I think about the black perspective, because hold on now, you know, and just adopting whatever that meant and just, um, having a ton of empathy. It's a good thing to have grace, empathy, patience. Like these are great things. But for me, that was, those were the go-tos for survival. And it's like, I don't need that to survive now. You know, I, you don't need to not feel angry, Marina. You can feel angry. Oh, I'm angry. So yeah, to Amy's <laughs> point, it's like, <laughs> it's a healthy thing. You to. know,
0: I, I do worry that when we when things do return on some level, whatever type of norm it is, that the anger will go away. I kind of want it to stay and stick around because, you know, right, Mia? Do you feel
3: do you feel the same way? Or? Yeah, because yeah, I'm, you know, I'm usually, you know, everybody's always like, oh, Mia, so you know, I'm Mia, you know, and, and I'm like, I'm in, I'm enraged, you know, like I am, I'm Mia today. Right. I'm, I'm, you know, and that's the thing I keep going. I'm like, let me make sure that I like, you know, organizations that I've signed up where I get the emails for. And I'm like, let me make sure that this doesn't just go into my spam. Let me make sure this is in my inbox. So I see this and I'm reminded to keep doing things to keep you know, just doing whatever I can and just to stay, um, you know, just to just stay focused and make sure I'm always paying attention and not being like, oh, everything's fine because everything's not fine.
1: Yeah. Uh, this guy that I met this summer and th- this guy, Owet, Walda Gabriel, he is, um, he works at the UN. He's like this amazing guy. And he was like, you know, being black is a rebellion in itself.
3: Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: That is, real you know like yeah it's just a heavy load and and you know we've all been conditioned but you guys way more than me of like this checklist of like before you respond to something make sure it's not this and not this and not this and not right this. yeah yeah I, so like somebody asked
3: me that recently like you no know, how how political you know like are you and just as a as a comedian as a person and I was like I said even not saying anything on stage I said just being a black woman performing I was like that's political enough.
2: And if you didn't know you were someone will tell you too. Yeah, like, yeah, calm down. You're like I was
3: Yeah, like I'm myself. Just, <laughs> right, yeah, but just having the nerve to exist and be up here talking, you know, like that that's enough.
0: Well, there's always there's always the thing of when you walk on stage, you feel like especially in if it's a mostly white audience, you feel them going, "Oh god. Yeah, what is she going to say? Now especially now." Uh, like I was saying in my last episode, you know, opening for Jim Gaffigan, you know, his audience is predominantly white. I, 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 They know where he stands. I love that he put it out there. But you just never know what's in the audience. And for the first time, I was not afraid to say, like I ended my set with, you know, wear a mask, have a good, t- you know, be healthy and Black Lives Matter which I've never done on stage because for me it's always been like, I try not to be too political because I don't want them to, I want right. Laughs. Right. laughs or how I want to be political has to be really thought out mm-hmm. so that I can get the audience, you know, cause even in the past year, before all of this, I could feel the the audience just going, just, just watch your mouth. I can feel them mm-hmm. saying that. So For the first time, I feel like going on stage, it's going to be a different struggle for me as well because everyone is tense. Everyone is is pretty divided. So there's going to be that person who's going to be really angry about all of this. But what I've always appreciated about you, Amy, and I know it's also because, you know, you're white, it's a little easier, but I've always appreciated your ability to tell people exactly how you feel. <laughs> I, don't,
1: I, I don't know where you got that from. Well, that's part of my privilege, you
0: know. Is Yeah, because it's like, but you've, all, like, when we would walk into rooms, I would just be, if Amy didn't like something, she would say it.
3: <laughs> uh, it was
0: like, I was like, can you do that? And Amy was like, you absolutely can. I've seen people get away with much more than me, so yes, you can do it. Remember, I would call you and be like, Amy, this bothered me. Like, should I... <laughs> Like the makeup person didn't do my makeup. Can you see? What do I do? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm furious. Sneak on your own makeup. <laughs> yeah, you did. You said sneak on your own makeup. You fixed my shirt one time. It was like, you can yeah. do that, Amy? You're yeah, like, you
1: absolutely can. You have to just advocate for yourself and not worry about like everyone liking you. Or if you're me, you don't have to worry about anyone liking you. <laughs> all right. I have to go, you guys. i take I'm... a
0: picture of you before you go. Okay. So that you're ready for it. you
3: all doing nice. This is our group picture. Cheese. This is the group picture. Let Cheese. me get my Zoom wig right.
0: Okay. I'll say one, two, three. One, two, three. Aww. Did it
1: work?
2: Yes. I just do like a one. So it just pops back <laughs> like a gif. That's
1: perfect. If I like me. You're just going to stay yeah, loving just... like
2: this. That's fun.
1: Thank you. With friends like us. Who needs friends? Yes, thank you, Amy. Hello, guys. Love you,
2: Bye, Amy. All the best. Kiss
0: everyone. Well, we could keep going. I felt like that was like a great episode in itself. It was all like
2: covered a we, lot of ground. No, yeah, oh. I didn't
0: think I was going to be able to cover everything. You
2: did it. The only thing we didn't get to is Beyonce's. I know. I was
0: going to say that. I was going to close out with Beyonce because I know she loves Beyonce. And I and you know what? I love this. There's a moment in the doc where she's in the hospital for bed. She goes, you would think she was just talk about childbirth, but she goes, Beyoncé
2: gave birth here too. <laughs> Did
0: you guys see the video?
2: I got maybe a quarter through it. It's a, an epic visual album. Oh, but yeah. I enjoyed all the symbolism. It was packed with symbolism yeah. for the first 10 minutes. Yeah. I was like, there's too much to break down. Someone else is gonna break it down for me on an article and I'll read that. But um, I was going to say, when you're talking about celebrity friends, my experience with celebrities is not as often as friends as it is um, people I was interviewing when I worked for people. And so the idea of letting your guard down in front of people that you're used to just being colleagues with is, is so different to me. Like I do wonder what how much experience together does it take before you finally get to
0: be vulnerable. In front of, like, another a celebrity. In front
2: of somebody whose lifestyle is so on the go and in the public eye. You know, like, when it comes to celebrity, there's a lot wrapped up in that. And also wealth. I'm sure that's really uncomfortable to have to talk about wealth mm-hmm. or talk about not wealth. I think for some people, it's very hard to not talk about their wealth. Yeah. So they, they're comfortable together. So, yeah. I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's a whole thing.
0: It's got it. But it was cool because she was, like, she really does have a lot of her high school friends. She always like shows that in all of her posts, like she goes back home a lot mm-hmm. to uh long Island. So I, for, when she mentioned that, I was like, that's you right. You want to be
2: around people who know you. Yeah. That's
0: why I was wondering like Abby. So, cause I didn't want to like neglect you with the, the mom part.
2: Right. Cause I, well, I knew she, we had her for a finite time, so I didn't want to. No, you but it was anecdote. perfect
0: because I, I've often think about you and how it must be to balance, you know, like, You see her lifestyle and she's a celebrity and how people take care of her. Is it, you can hear the difference. Mm -hmm. I was really proud
2: of her for saying one that she, it was important for her to, you know, check off her list of of things she wanted to do. Like Mia, you were talking about her special and still having, you know, a bucket for needing to like throw up. So she was sick. She was sick and worked, which is always admirable, but also knowing her limits and advocating for herself and saying, look, I can't do this gig or that gig. So I think um, that's super helpful information to anybody going into that. Even when you're not a celebrity, no matter what your job is, because there is an internal pressure of I matter if I stop working or I don't matter if I stop working or I don't, you know, I'm not a good mom if I keep working. Like there's all these, you're, you're kind of like set up to fail either way yeah. if you try to pick up on too many societal messages. So so yeah, I think she's a good example of what a person can do.
0: Yeah, it's it, cuz I'm just with Rachel, I'm you know, I could see she's trying to also reclaim who she was before having the baby.
2: For sure. When I was when I was um 6 weeks like I had given birth and I hadn't gained a lot of weight during the pregnancy. The the weight gain would come after the 6 week mark actually from trying to increase breast milk supply, so I was eating like lactation banana bread and lactation cookies around the clock daily just like cookies and banana bread constantly. So I did put on more weight, but um, leading up to the baby and after having the baby, I looked the same the way I did before I auditioned, which I was relieved about. Cause I was like, I'm never going to get to work again if I don't look exactly the same way. Right. And I was pushing myself to be out there, but because the nature of auditions for sitcoms and commercials and voiceover work is the same, whether you're pregnant or not, it comes or it doesn't come. Same with this pandemic. This pandemic has not felt that much different work-wise because of the, like the opportunities are there. There are a little bit less, right. but the frequency with which you book doesn't really <laughs> change. So, um, so yeah, I, I was, a, I was really adamant about, like I got to get back to work six weeks in and I was putting it on Instagram. I'm like back to work. because I really, the people who follow me or the people I'm, you know, my social profiles are in public. So I was like, people I've worked with in the past, people who cast me, who will work with me in the future, who I've submitted packets to, they all see this personal side that I'm sharing or curating through the Instagram and Twitter. So, so yeah, it was really important to me to like create this, I don't know, be my own PR person about like, she's still ready, Yes, but you can't control the work you get.
0: What would be, I, you know, I wanted to ask Amy this. I, I didn't get to it, but do you look at your mom different now? Or like, do you go, mom, I'm sorry that I did that to you? <laughs> <laughs> I meant to ask her that. I, I didn't get to it, but I am curious. Does that change your perception of your mother?
2: I What I do have enjoyed is loving imagining my mom at the... F- stages in caring for me of her in that stage, caring for either me or my sister, she had us 19 months apart. And so she had two under two essentially that were in diapers. So that was a different challenge I don't face. Um, So I definitely have more empathy for what she went through, but I am married and she was single. I work in entertainment. She worked um, as a nurse and was like, she held multiple jobs at certain times in, in my childhood. So it's apples to oranges, the whole thing. So, I've, you know, as a kid of a single mom, and maybe Khalees can speak to this, or I don't know um, if either of you had single moms, but just like you empathize very early. Like they share everything with you, there's very few boundaries. You know what their pain is and you feel their pain with them. So, I wasn't lacking in understanding how hard life was for her, but I can appreciate now the joy that she felt. And the positive moments that she experienced with us. Cause my my view was colored with gosh, it was so hard. She couldn't have nice things because we were there. She couldn't get sleep because we were there. Now it's kind of like, oh yeah, I do remember when my mom used to do this fun activity I'm doing with my child, you know. So it's been nice to really see everything that she was Aww, in a different light now.
0: That's so beautiful. She's a very cool lady. Thanks. That is beautiful. I I I envy that. Because <laughs> I will never look at my mom that <laughs>
2: Well, look, if you've got mom and daughter relationships can be, can be fraught. (laughs) They can be hard. So it it takes a lot. I think it takes, you know, let's say you're not a mom and you want to empathize with your mom. Let's say your mom was drug addicted or, you know, was in an abusive relationship or whatever it was, the trauma that you experienced as a kid. I think that healing from that is step one. And then forgiving, like grieving that what you didn't have. And then forgiving will help you to finally come to that point of empathy you know, sometimes people don't ever experience it, but yeah. it can be a nice thing to see people as whole people and not just, you know, but when it comes to your parents, they are supposed to do a job for you, you know? Yeah. They have a different role than anyone else in the world.
3: Yeah. I think when I hit, um, when I hit the age that my mom was when she had me, that's when I was like, Ooh, Oh God. I'm like, I am, I'm almost 23 when she had me. And I'm like, I know nothing. And I'm like, my life is in shambles. <laughs> You know, I'm like, there's no way I would have ever been able to, you know, but I grew grew up in a, you know, two parent home, but I still know that it was really hard. And then my sister, my mom had my sister when she was 35. So my sister and I are 12 years apart. So I got to see this whole, you know, thing where I'm like, and then when I hit 35, I was like, I have my life is still in shambles. (laughs) Like I would (laughs) have, like there's no. I don't have anything figured out. I I was like.
2: This is amazing, you know? Like My husband and I do a good job pretending or like presenting to my child that we have things figured out. We answer every question she has, even if she doesn't know. The, I mean, she'll make up a question. I'll, I'll make up an answer. I'll be like, well, I think it's probably this and we can look it up together. Uh-huh. You know, like all this. I just am <laughs> an endless amount of resources and assurance. But- when she reaches this age, she's gonna know. Like I don't have anything figured out. <laughs> yeah, she's no such
0: reason. a happy little girl too. Like when we just, she was said she loves
2: me. She's very affectionate. I want to protect yeah, her She reads now. you right away if she if she reads you she like she's do like, that I with love everyone. You. No, no, she'll she'll say you know what. Her, she doesn't say negative about them, but if she doesn't care for someone's personality or vibe, she'll go. I'm feeling shy about them. <laughs> And I'm like, that's okay to feel shy. That's okay. And that means, that means I don't want to touch them. I don't want to hug them. I don't want to look at them. (laughs) I don't want to engage.
3: That's adorable though. I love them. Like I'm feeling shy about them. I need to just start feeling about
2: people. (laughs) Oh, that
0: makes me feel even better. Cause she was like, I love her. And I was like, oh, I love you too. (laughs) She's so sweet. She was so cute and so happy.
2: She's very effusive. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she likes, yeah. She gets a lot of love. And so she likes to give it.
0: I always say that because there are babies that ain't
3: happy. Yeah, I know some sad babies. Ooh.
2: Yeah, I want to hear about sad babies oh,
3: and me no, and mean babies.
2: You know, there's a there's a program right now that really irritates me. It's called, I don't know, we don't have time for it. But anyway, it's it's two rabbits and it's a little a big sister rabbit and a little boy rabbit, and they both display the kind of characteristics and toddlers I don't like, where the girl is very bossy. She's like, We're not doing that right now. We're doing my game. And he is very bad at communication, so he's just like, hi. Me, <laughs> and you're just like, ugh, I got nothing to work with here. So together, I don't know why it's entertaining. They just like are oil and water throughout the whole episode. It's called Max and Ruby. You should definitely look it up. But I'm just like, who made this? But it's a good, it's a good alternative to every other com- like uh, program where the kids are expressive of their feelings and very intelligent and like act like adults. You're like, kids aren't really like that, right? Though.
0: Yeah, my niece is like, I'll, I will say, my niece is. She's a little over two now, and my sister was very concerned about her using her words. Like, she wasn't using enough words. This is my sister's second pregnancy with lupus, mm-hmm. so it was a very risky childbirth, and they told her not to for her second baby, and she did. She still went through it, and she had a. She ended up in the hospital with lupus for, um, you know, she had a flare-up mm-hmm. right after the childbirth. But I can see her concern, you know, always in watching her to make sure she's okay. Did you feel at any point in that two years? Because she's two, right?
2: Yeah, I learned how to not get hung up on milestones because every book I read was like, you know, every baby's different. But and also my pediatrician, I was kind of looking to her to say, this is a sign of autism. And if it is autism, then this is what you do. You know, it's kind of like every time she would say, no, this is normal, I would, Stop asking questions.
1: Good for you.
0: I see. I always felt she got like a verbal coach for her. I was like, I feel like she's too young. <laughs> she wasn't, she was like a year and a half maybe. And she wasn't really, my sister was nervous because she wasn't able to express herself. And because she wasn't able to express herself, she would cry, mm-hmm. which I don't think a lot of, I mean, I don't know, but I'm sure parents, young parents especially, don't really understand what that cry is for. And so I, I, I thought, okay, well, I, I guess, okay, you could get a vocal coach, but I think this is just normal that she's going through this yeah. stage,
1: you know? Yes,
2: people, people everybody has their own thing that freaks them out. And so it's funny too, because crying is very, I, I was always very sensitive. So I cried a lot as a baby and it wasn't met the way I wanted it to be it met with like empathy and like, what's wrong? So, I do that with her a lot. Anytime she cries, I'm just like, come here, come into my arms. And my husband is just like, <laughs>
3: that's not how you do it.
2: Oh,
0: that's so just different. That's so funny that you remember that too.
2: Yeah. And it's because, yeah. it's just because it's important to me that she feels acknowledged. And, and, it, and not every cry is an emergency, that's for sure. You know, and sometimes she probably learns to turn it on like, look, I'm needing extra cuddles, so I'm going <laughs> to cry about it. <laughs> And I don't know if I've created a monster, but, um, but yeah, you know, and I don't fault my husband for being like, I think she can cry through it and be okay. I think she can dust herself off. And I'm like, well, you're watching her right now. I'm going to go get a coffee.
0: (laughs) How has it been for you in the quarantine now that you're just, you spend more time? Do you feel like this is a, something you, you can never get back again? Like, this is, is this good for you? Some people, like I seen my sister go, I need escape. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah, I learned probably two months in I needed me time. I mean, you know, you have to, there's just something about close quarters with any human being, whether it's your roommate or your life partner or whatever. It's just, and there's, and and it's hard to hard, it's hard for people in isolation too. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Um, and it's, but, uh, like I would say this has been the biggest test for our marriage for sure. Like we have used all the tools from couple counseling that <laughs> <when> we can.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I you know what's funny? hear you, but I need <laughs> I, I I watched you even as we were doing the tech rehearsal on Friday. I was like, "Oh, Abby, she's like, no, no." That, that, that. I was like, "But you do everything yeah. that I would be doing."
2: I have a very sharp voice, like it's at a clip when I'm feeling irritated. <laughs> yeah. and it's no, I, it's I'm off putting. <laughs> I'm
0: the same way, though. So that's why I was, I was, I was seeing a lot of me and you.
2: <laughs> and Ooh. I was like, and I wish I wish I had more grace and patience. I give it so much to her that I don't save some for him. So I've had to learn to like, yeah.
0: Well, what's the positive that he's better at? Let's say.
2: Oh my gosh, I think he's an amazing man, Luke. Uh, let's see. During this quarantine, you mean, like, has he, has there been growth for him? Yeah. Uh, better at communicating, for sure. Like, we've definitely had some blowouts that don't last for days. They just get resolved by the next day, which I think is a good turnaround time for us. He's been really driven. He, the funny thing about Lucas, you get to know him better is when he gets excited about something, he digs in very deep. So I could list the things like professional wrestling or uh, what is it like panel lights. He just he just looked into like um, equipment for if you want to do podcasts or vlogs. It's like he doesn't create a show ahead of time and then say, how can I do it? He just kind of researches like, oh, what is this like? There's been so many things like that. Anyway, he just gets on a tear and then that's all he'll want to talk about. And for the next couple of weeks. So right now I'm really thankful that it's uh, technology with communicating because I've had to record voiceovers from home and I am totally into like nail polish, as you know. So I'm thinking of like nail vlogging or kind of doing a crossover with comedy because that's one webcam. That's right. That's one thing that's missing in uh the nail world is more comedy. There are a few out there that are pretty consistently funny. But yeah, he figured out how to use an iPhone and turn it into a webcam.
0: That's amazing.
2: Mia, I'm hogging the floor. What wow. you got going Listen, on with the I, I,
3: She's got a good man. Tell us about what that's like. Well, when you were talking about um having patience, I realized that um maybe I haven't had any recently. Um, because we um I have a candle that I just set out and then he asked me he was like oh he was like why'd you put the candle on I was like what you mean like why are you asking if I put the candle he was like whoa and then he, <laughs> he was like I was just And, I, and, then, and then, he's making
2: conversation and you're like what's it to you yeah
3: because was just like oh what made you what made you put it and, and that's how he said it but I was so aggressive in my response and then when he called me on it I was like Oh, that was rude, wasn't it? Like that was
0: so. <laughs> I would. I want to be there when that happens. I love it.
3: I don't know if I ever tell you this, Marina, but he 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 said that there's a side of me that he calls the jackal. Um, that um, <laughs> 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 I love he's like, it. He's like, oh, the jackal is out, and he's like, oh, because jackal's out. Yeah, and then like, um, what was it? This is a oh, like so. My birthday was two weeks ago, and um, a friend of mine sent me a mug. And it, and it had a Corgi on the mug. And I love Corgis. I don't have one, but I love them. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best mug of all time. And then I somehow lost it, but I accused him of throwing it away. Mm. And um, and that turned into a, a whole thing where he was like, cause I was like, don't nobody just lose a mug. You did it. Mug incident. And then I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm losing, and I'm accusing someone of losing a bug. And so, we've um, you know, we were we have just kind of been like, you know what, like we why don't we sit back and let's talk about the things we're grateful for. Like, let's Ooh. talk about yeah. So he's been like, look, he's like you're. He was like, I would be worried about you if you were in New York right now. He was like, I'd be worried about you if you were back in Georgia. Let's just be thankful we were able to quarantine together. And I was like, oh. That's a good man.
0: You guys have good men. I, you know, I right. ain't nobody here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you have a best man, Marina. <laughs> I have no man.
0: And it's been wonderful. I have to be honest. I'm not going to lie. It's like every now and then I'm like, oh, what is the society thing that they put on us to be with someone? Like I put all these videos up of me dancing and I say single but not lonely and still I like, get these comments. Like, you're going to get a man soon. Watch. And I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm, not, cool. yeah. I'm not asking. I'm good. If if someone good comes along, I, I will say, like, listening to you, Mia, listening to you, Abby, and Amy, and even watching her with Chris, I was like, I'm holding out for that type of guy, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I've dealt with, a, I've had a lot of bad choices I've made. So I'm good until I find that guy that's like, Someone who says to me, Let's just pull it back. Like that is such
3: a great mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, he he's very he has a lot of good healthy tools for, you know, and I'm like, Oh, cause I will get a tap and out of control. But when you're talking about expectations of relationships, you just made me think about something like how even even with being in one, I still eat, I've had people make comments. Like I I remember one time saying something about how like, Oh yeah, I don't really cook. And I remember a comic was like you ain't going to keep no man, man, if you don't cook. Like, what? Like, like, this that kind of expectation. And I was like, well, I have one and he doesn't care that I don't cook. And he was like, oh, well, oh. Uh. And I'm like, yeah. like, I'm like, where'd you even get, like, it's just, be like, you just have so much pressure just as women, where it's like, all right, if you're not in a relationship, there's pressure. And then if you are in one, there's like, well, then what are you doing? Are you doing this thing? Are you doing that thing? And then, and if it doesn't fit what someone thinks you should be doing, and, you know, and I've had people say the whole thing with, the, I mean, like, well, how does your man feel about you telling jokes? And I'm like, wow, he doesn't care. Like, he does not care. I mean, like, where
2: does that person live and What time do they live in? <laughs>
0: that person is like all the trolls that are out there yeah. making these dumb comments. They, you, you go, you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, people mm-hmm. are just...
3: Oh uh, yeah, like if, yeah, relationship expectations—whether you're in one or out one—it's just so it's so stressful. Everything stresses me out. Me I
0: now. do love that in the Beyonce video. You see their relationship when he's eating the chicken next to her. Like, I'm like, okay, that, that's that's <laughs> get to that part? Oh, you having
2: Jay Z eating chicken? Is it the music's off and it's just regular audio of someone eating chicken? No,
0: the music is on, and Jay Z's okay. like just chilling next to. Her. It's like it's kind of a cool like. Like, this is how we are. Like, like my 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 wife is a queen. She's Beyonce. But I'm going to eat chicken like I eat chicken, you know? And in, in front of the camera, you're going to see this relationship. It's like... Right.
2: Everything is so symbolic in that. It was you- so
0: beautiful to actually see her capture that, even in all... It was a
2: lot. It's a lot. I feel like it was very psychologically soothing. Like, even oh, if I couldn't understand what was happening, I was like, oh, yes. I like this.
3: I was like, don't just all the, all the, I, when I saw the flowing material, I was like, man, I want, I want some chiffon. <laughs> Is that what she got on? I'm like, I just want to be outside in the wind, you know? Those colors. <laughs> yeah. All that blue. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, the pool. And reaching into
0: Africa, like all uh, of the <sighs> symbolic images. Yeah. I did see something, an article where someone was trying to see You know, they always try to find something, but it was a woman who I think she was trying to make a dig at Beyonce, but she was saying how you got to watch out for these celebrities who don't embrace Christianity. (gasps) And you know, there's a lot of images in Beyonce's video with like horns and Satan and like Kind of voodoo. I don't, I don't, I didn't read about what that was or what her choices were, but I'm pretty sure that's what that woman was attacking.
2: Well, it's very, it felt very black culture soup to me. It was like a lot of different, same, same with like the outfits in uh, Wakanda in um, Black Panther. It was just like, oh, this is an amalgam of a bunch of different things. So you can, I don't know, pull from it what you want. When I saw the, when you said horns, I remember early in the video, there's like ram horns. I just thought that was, Representative of African animals.
0: Oh yes, but right. when you say
2: voodoo, it's like well, voodoo is part of Black culture too. So because yeah. want- it
0: scared me. <laughs> I was like, and then the guy crawls across the table. I was like, this is terrifying. Mm-hmm. What's happening? <laughs> but I
3: thought it was beautiful. Though. She's
0: saying worship. The- now speaking of Oprah, because we just you know Amy was on, and, and you know she's good friend. I love the fact that she's like good friends with Oprah. So Oprah, the most recent issue of the O magazine, you know, did not bear Oprah on the cover. Wow. First time it gave the honor to Brianna Taylor.
2: Oh, yeah. beautiful.
0: Oh, um, and, it, and, you know, it's interesting. I posted it on my Instagram. I didn't understand at first why people were posting that. And then when I read this article, I was like, oh, I'm putting that up on my Instagram, too, because... It's Oprah saying, I can take a break from the cover of my own magazine to give her name some power and some weight, because people do need to keep saying.
2: Yeah, everybody's trying to amplify this issue and and keep it top of mind until, you know, our worldly American form of justice is achieved, which I don't think is too much to ask. You're never going to get her life back, so it's never going to be truly just, but some acknowledgement that what happened was wrong is, I think, in order.
0: It says, in order to get that justice, Oprah suggests the following. One, sign the WhiteHouse.gov and color of change petitions to demand justice from officials. Two, call Kentucky's attorney general, Louisville's mayor, and Louisville's interim police chief to demand the officers involved in Brianna's death are fired and charged with her killing. And visit UntilFreedom.com for guidance. And three, donate to Louisville Community Bail Fund to aid protesters fighting in Brianna's hometown. And four, hashtag say her name on social media so no one forgets her. Now I haven't called anyone. I don't I'm gonna be honest about that part of it that were of the work that I haven't done. Because I would have to be honest, I'm I'm gonna try this one. But do they get people on the phone?
2: Um, in my experience, you can leave a voicemail but when it comes to, I, I think they've often switched to email. And then I've learned recently, if you're going to email a request to an official, public official, you need to personalize the message so that they don't have certain keywords, just send it straight to spam because it ends up kind of falling on deaf ears to a degree if they get inundated. To me, it's also not a reason not to do it. I think, shoot, if you don't have time to do it, but you still want to send an email, at least it will, you know, their spam will be full. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah, I think um, I think there's no wrong way to do it as long as you're trying to do it. Even the armchair activism of using a hashtag, which I think is hey, yeah, you at, could be saying anything else. Look at
0: these armchairs. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, that's a good armchair, I got armchair activism. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess we can. I'll do one more article. Trump versus TikTok. What do you guys think? (laughs) So recently, President Trump announced his intentions to ban the Chinese owned social media app TikTok from operating within the United States. His motives for doing so may include the app's Chinese ownership and that young people have used TikTok to carry out resistance against him, which is mainly the reason we know that. Most notably interfering with the attendance of his rally in Tulsa. Oh, yeah, we know. Trump's announcement, or I call as I call him, President Dum Dum announcement follows rumors that Microsoft is in talks to acquire TikTok. Though he also said he disapproves of a deal between the two companies. Ultimately, if Trump is successful in banning the social media platform, his government will take another step closer to authority.
2: Authoritarianism. Agree. <laughs> you see how
0: I struggle with that word. I'm sorry. I can't read. We know what you meant. We know. You what you sound
2: sounded out. That's what I'm telling. I'm trying to tell my girl right now.
0: Authoritarianism. Yes. Authoritarianism.
3: <laughs> that was so encouraging. I like it. Yeah. Do you guys use TikTok? <sighs>
2: I'm on TikTok, but no, because someone told, you know, my, my, my uh, platform Instagram, I'm sorry, my, my social handle is always Curly Comedy, but on TikTok, someone beat me to it. So I'm just Abby Crutchfield. I know. How dare they? I should have trademarked And so uh, I haven't used it yet, but that's the same for like Snapchat and all these other defunct ones. I always like try to claim my handle and then I don't typically use them. Yeah, I'm
0: not
3: Mia, on Yeah, you on it? I'm not on, I'm not on TikTok. I'm not. I, um, I keep I keep feeling like I probably should just because I think people have um I've gotten tagged on Instagram where people have done my you know the audio to my sets before, and so I'm like oh maybe I should just be on there so they could yeah
2: Marina remember when you had a guy did that on Instagram he he did yours it was like a precursor to Sarah Cooper's uh thing and now TikTok people are doing it all the time I don't know if that man that did your bit Marina originally was on tiktok or if it was on there Instagram.
0: was a guy who did who, oh he did my bit yeah, yeah. when i was
2: on friends like us last time you said oh, i don't know if i right. should be flattered or irritated and i was like i'm <laughs> irritated
0: oh that's right because he was like doing it and he had a glass of wine
1: right yes
2: it's it's i think it's nice that they're trying to say that your material is good enough to share with my followers but i also don't understand accepting the accolades on your behalf you know like your original video could have ten thousand views and theirs gets two million
0: like, I know, right? It's crazy how this Sarah Cooper, by the way, who's been on the show several times, like this whole thing has, is interesting how it's worked out for her to just. I haven't followed it, so I don't really. I just, I just see little clips of it. And I go, wait, yeah, is that all I had to do? I just had to I'm do- kind
2: of with it. Well, I, well, no, 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 no. And my husband and I have this argument all the time. Do not think <laughs> that <laughs> like this is what she did at the right time for her. And I, I like a lot of the nuances that she puts into it, but it doesn't there's a ton of people already doing that that is not as funny. So I don't think it's as easy as saying, like, oh yeah, all she does is lip sync. Or we should reduce it to something we need to feel bad that we didn't get to first. I think it's great that she did this and it carved it out for her, just like it was great for Chris Rock to have. Bigger and blacker? Or what was the first She's one?
0: like a celebrity now, I think. I mean, that's entertainment.
2: We all have to be used to that annoying aspect of entertainment. Well, by I this mean, point. I think
0: great, good for her. I'm happy for her. It's just, it seems like such an easy thing to do. Like, she was in that um, collage of celebrities who were doing the the uh, the Prince's Bride, I think, story with Sarah Silverman. And oh, okay. I
2: didn't see that. It was
0: like probably the most likable thing that a group of celebrities have done
2: D- they play, they just time. like mimic the princess bride or they they lip sync the princess bride yeah oh, that's funny. they all
0: did it as if they were telling the story they played the different characters the little boy oh, was like uh or the father reading sarah silverman played the father reading oh she did peter fox yeah she uh, was like
2: character yes she
0: played peter. so it was pretty good and then they ended it with um carl reiner saying good night oh that's
2: beautiful and
0: it was like i think that's what saved it to be honest, <laughs> from being attacked by people who don't want to hear from celebrities. I think right. him saying, you know, good night" was like, you can't get right. mad at Right. We
2: just here here to entertain you. We're just trying to entertain yeah, you.
0: Yeah. You can't get mad at that. But she was in that. Sarah Cooper was in that mix.
2: You know, the way I'm seeing this work, uh, the longer I'm in entertainment and in proximity to people who are celebrities, it's like, that is part of it. You know, you have to ride the wave when it comes mm-hmm. and the, the extra agents and managers Add fuel to the fire, as I believe Mark Marin put it. So it's just kind of like you just you really have to hate the game and not the player, in that case. And we hope to also get undue adulation. Hopefully, my <laughs>
0: dance videos will.
2: Yes, let me. I haven't seen them. I'm gonna share them. Well, now I do every Friday. Share. I do
0: a dance video. It annoys Keith Robinson so
2: much, <laughs> which I love. I would tag him too with it. Oh, please do,
0: because he always leaves a comment. He goes, "Marina's dancing," and infuriates me. <laughs> And then Rachel's like, it's because she's free. You just don't like a woman to be free. (laughs) Well, this was a good time. I think, thank you guys, like so much for being a part of what I think is just going to be a really great episode for women to listen to, because I try as much as I can to listen, you know? Before I had breast cancer, I really didn't listen to women who talk, even though I would have them on the show, they would talk. But I don't I think the way I listened was differently when I was experiencing it. Mm -hmm. So like even listening to women talking about childbirth, I think it's really important because we see the, the numbers of black women dying from you know, childbirth all the time. So we have to continue having these conversations with each other, no matter what, whether you're a mother or you're not a mother, you have to continue to have these conversations.
2: I had that exact experience. I mean, everything that I read about after, I mean, sorry, I read about all this after I had already experienced it. And and it. I thought I was alone in that experience of like not being listened to, my health being at risk, you know, feeling like I was definitely gonna die and nobody would care. Like, like there are all kinds of messages sent in that experience. And I just thought, wow, I picked a bad hospital or well, I guess I'm just unlucky. But it's like, oh no, this is a phenomenon that has been occurring for a long time. You know,
3: and I, I don't know if this has anything like, but it just made me that even though my mom had a healthy pregnancy with my sister, I, one of the things I remember sticking out to me as a as a child, I remember just because my mom, you know, she's a black woman. I remember they didn't even bother to look at her insurance and they put her in a room with someone else. And then I remember like maybe a day or two before she checked out, somebody was like, oh, you could have been in a private room this whole time. We didn't even look. And my mom was like, what? Like, why did you not look at that when I came in? And my mom was because I'm going like, this is so strange that I'm sharing a room with with some someone because I should have discovered. But they didn't even bother to check because they're like, oh, she's a black woman. So clearly this is how this is supposed to go. But it just, some, but like, I mean, even, you know, it wasn't helping, but it was still just that perception of like black woman. So you obviously don't have the insurance.
2: Undervalued, disregarded. Yeah.
3: And then they were just like, how did we, and my mom was like, yeah, how did you not, <laughs> you know, there's like, we didn't even, we didn't, even. like, of course you didn't think about it. Like even just, you know, stuff like that, like you just dismiss it. Yeah. So
0: they profile us even in childbirth. Yeah, yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah, you're at your most vulnerable. I
0: mean, it's, it, it takes me back to all of the reasons like black comics would stress to me to dress better on stage. And I didn't I used to not understand it because I really did grow up in like sort of a white neighborhood. So I didn't understand this whole idea that I had to dress a certain way in front of white people because I was like, I'm a, I've been around white people. They, I don't think they care about my my outfit. but um, I get it now because if you were black and you did grow up in a predominantly black neighborhood, the idea of how white people will treat you is different.
2: The white gaze
0: going into a hospital is like, what do you have to do? You wear gown for them to show you some type of, I just hope that coming through all of this, like when you go to the hospital, like you can see the change in the doctors and the nurses, like Abby, did you, when you, I mean, we have to go, but I wanted to ask you this, like, did you get from them sometimes you were like, they're not hearing me or they're not seeing me?
2: Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, this was a hospital that specialized in vaginal delivery, which is why I selected it. It catered in a predominantly Jewish neighborhood. So it, you know, women were having their eighth children, like next to my eighth child. And so it was a hospital that was very aware of what can go wrong with a woman. So I was I felt like I was in good hands. Okay. A lot of the staff was staff of color, a lot of the staff was women. My OBGYN was a woman and she's Indian. And so there were there were I was not dealing with a lot of white men, but there were still white men attending to me. And that still didn't keep things from you know going, hey, this is the wrong medication. Like you have to be your own advocate in a hospital. And someone gave me the wrong IV at 3 a.m. And and I, I took it. I received all the medication. And then when she switched it over, I asked, what was on that bag?" And she goes, she read it to me, and I said, "That's not the right. Oh my
0: God.
2: And then trying to follow up and make sure that was written down, like, hey, can you somebody write this down that this happened so that there's a record of it? You know, there's a it's just a lot of little little, little
0: things. things, little things. All right. Well, I didn't want to end on IV bag, but still, but it's we important. With
2: IVs, it's important. We? And we did.
0: We started with IVs. We end with the IVs. Well, Abby, you tell me first, what's your uh, where can our listeners follow you? And I'm
2: very excited to perform on Nowhere Comedy Club. This is a virtual comedy show. You can get your tickets, um, I guess. Check me out on Twitter so that I can tell you about how to get those tickets. Otherwise, you'll have to search Nowhere Comedy Club to learn about upcoming shows. But I'll be on August 19th at 6 p.m. doing a half-hour set. So this is the longest you'll have seen me online. My husband, Luke There is is opening for me for 20-minute sets. It's going to be super fun. and got a great host, and those shows are always a great time. Otherwise, uh, at Curly Comedy on Twitter and Instagram, I'll keep you laughing. We'll tell jokes. We'll engage. It's a good time. I friends like us. You don't need the right IV bag. <laughs> I love it.
0: I love it.
3: Mia, where can our listeners find you and follow? I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Mia Comedy. And, um, you know, just out here in these streets, just well, inside inside streets. I'm not anywhere. I'm, <laughs> I'm lying. I'm not in the street inside in the zoom room that's all I'm doing and uh let me see with friends like us oh gosh let me see this is I should have been prepared for this one with friends like
2: bro. I never feel like I know what
0: I thing. never I know and I, I have I created this thing well Colise <laughs> really created it we could blame yeah, her maybe, but. maybe
3: maybe let me see I don't know with wait, wait, was it, with friends like us hold on maybe we don't maybe we all need to understand symbolism because we already know what it is hmm. oh Wait a minute. We already know. We just... <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I like it. <laughs>
0: ah, I love it. And uh, yeah, thank you. And, you know, all of you can follow me, MarinaFranklin.com for everything that I'm doing. And you go to my Instagram, Marina Y. Franklin, to see my dance moves and to see my character, Single Female 2020, who's spiraling up and <laughs> living her, she's living her best life, okay? <laughs> she's so happy about everything because she wants you to be focused, not background. And uh, with friends like us, you can bring so many good friends together to share in some very difficult experiences and we will learn from it. Yes. Yes. Check us out. out. Aw, thank you guys so much. Great to work with you.